Well, good evening, everyone. Hi, hi. My name's Dan. I'm the assistant pastor here. I was the one sitting on the lap of Tim um, at the start of the evening. Only I'm much older now and quite a bit fatter. Um, so, really, I should be the one wearing the suit. Um, but I'm not. Are you enjoying the concert? Aren't these guys absolutely incredible? How blessed we are to have them. I know they make you look really, really easy when they're up here, but they've actually been working so hard over the past few months and meeting um, sometimes a couple of times a week to practice and prepare for this. So we need to make sure at the end of the evening that we really show our appreciation to them for all of the hours that they've put in to it for us. Um, so throughout the evening, a few people have been sharing with us what it would be like to step into their Christmases. Um, and I guess for me, I'm very similar to a lot of you would be, I'm sure it's all about family. And in particular for me and my two children, Emily and Elijah, here they are with their snow Dalek um, that we, we created earlier in the week um, when we had all of that snow. Uh, and they're, they're five and six years old, and they love everything about Christmas. Christmas plays, Christmas movies, Christmas craft, nativity plays, all of it. You name it, if it's Christmas, they are into it. And we have a great fun as a family in the lead-up to Christmas Day. But Christmas Day itself is something of a whirlwind. It goes a little bit like this. Um, the kids wake up on Christmas morning to find stockings at the end of their bed. They bring them into us in bed to open the stockings, waking us up in the process. We sit together in bed and open the stockings. That's all lovely. Then we go downstairs for breakfast and eat breakfast, normally croissants, which is great. Then we leave the house and come to church. At church, we get to see our church family, which is really, really nice. And then we go home to make dinner and serve and eat dinner, which is fantastic. After dinner, we leave the house again to go over to our first set of grandparents slash uncles slash great-grandparents, where the kids open loads more presents. After that, we go back to our house for the second set of grandparents parents, uncles, more present opening, supper, and of course we finish the day with Doctor Who. <laughs> <coughs> and me and Sean collapse somewhere in a uh, corner in a heap. Um, it's really, really manic, but it's really, really wonderful. You know, both my children are the only grandpa uh, grandkids, grandparents, grandkids on both sides, so everyone wants to see them on Christmas. And I don't mind, really, because for me, um, my joy at Christmas time comes through seeing them enjoy Christmas and them open their presents and all of the rest of it. But of course, as we heard at the start of this evening, the news of a baby was perhaps not such great news for Joseph. And I really enjoyed uh, Tim giving us that story tell at the start there, because I think that Joseph is something of an overlooked character in the Christmas story. I mean, think about it. He rarely even has any lines in the school nativities, does he? The innkeeper says more than he does, and he's not even in the Bible. <laughs> Nor are donkeys, for that matter. But I think he's something of an inspirational character in the nativity story. Here he is um, with Mary. We don't know a great deal about him from the Bible. We know that he was born in Bethlehem but lived in Nazareth. That's about 100 miles away. So it's sort of like walking from Tamworth to Leeds. It's quite far on foot. We know he was a carpenter by trade, um, though not particularly wealthy. Um, we know he was a devout man. He believed in God and tried to live well. And we know that he was young. We don't know how young exactly, but it's likely he was around 17 years old. So just a little teenager. Listen for a moment what the gospel writer Matthew says about him. This is how the birth of Jesus the Messiah came about. 
His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph. But before they came together, she was found to be pregnant through the Holy Spirit. Because Joseph, her husband, was faithful to the law and yet did not want to expose her to public disgrace, he had in mind to divorce her quietly. Now, in those days, if you were pledged to be married with someone, it was kind of like being engaged, except that it was way, way more serious. You were essentially already married, but you lived apart, separate, for about a year, maybe a little bit longer. And during this time, the the groom or the, the husband would prepare a place for him and his bride to eventually live. And because Joseph was a carpenter, he was probably building this himself. So for Joseph, it was a really exciting time. You know, he was putting the house together, preparing the family home, and imagining what it would be like when they could live there together, sitting on the sofa, watching Netflix. You know, maybe he imagined a couple of children running around and put up a a rope swing in the garden. But then came the day that word arrived about Mary. Mary, the love of his life, the focus of his whole um, existence at this point, she was pregnant. What thoughts must have gone through his head on that day? How could she do this to me? I thought we had a future together. What am I going to tell people? What do I do do now? His whole world must have come crashing down around him. And that future that he imagined with him and his wife crumbled before his eyes. He must have been hurt and confused and angry and upset. And yet he still loved her. Matthew tells us he had in mind to divorce her quietly. As I said, in those days, engagement was like being married. There were legal implications. And obviously, he assumed somebody else was involved, and he wanted to let her go quietly. You know, maybe sell the home that he'd been building for them. And having been up most of the night in turmoil, Matthew records for us what happens next when he falls asleep. He says, but after he had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David... Do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife, because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus, because he will save people from their sins. All of this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. When Joseph woke up, he did what the angel of the Lord had commanded him and took Mary home as his wife. But he did not consummate the marriage until she gave birth to a son, and he gave him the name Jesus. So you see, Joseph, he falls asleep in despair, imagining the worst in anguish and pain. And then in that moment, God steps in, and he meets him where he's at, and he explains that the baby his fiancée is carrying is from God. But more than that, he wants Joseph to take her home as his wife. And he wants Joseph to be involved in raising this child. And what does this 17-year-old poor carpenter from Bethlehem do? He says, yes. He says, God, I will allow you to step into my life. He could have walked away. He could have turned his back on Mary and the baby. And no one would have thought any less. But instead, he chooses to step up to be a husband to Mary and to help raise this child. Inspirational, I think, indeed. And you know what's really, really interesting to me? As Jesus grew up and began his ministry and started talking to people about what God was like, he chooses one word above all others to describe God. He chooses the word Father. And I just wonder how much of an influence Joseph was in that regard. 
You see, God stepped into Joseph's life in a big way that day, but it was just the beginning. He didn't just give Joseph the opportunity to join in with what he was doing on earth, but he extends that invitation to all of us as well. We all have the option to say yes to God. Because you see, the angel tells Joseph what to call the baby. He says, give him the name Jesus, because he will save people from the sins. And then the very next verse, we're told that it'll be called Emmanuel, which means God with us. And it's a huge decision, isn't it, naming a baby, naming a child? You know, you might call them one thing, and then it gets shortened to something else. Abigail becomes Abby, Timothy becomes Tim, Richard becomes something ruder. <laughs> you know, not to mention nicknames. I discovered in primary school that my surname of Brockway rhymes with a particular vegetable very often. Kids can be cruel. But the names given to Jesus, they're much deeper than that. They speak of the very reason he came to earth. You may have noticed in the video that we watched with the texting during uh, the song that Alice performed so beautifully, um, the name Jesus comes from a, a Hebrew root which has two parts. The first part meaning God, the second part meaning to deliver, to save, or to rescue. And that's exactly what happened. That was his mission on earth, to deliver us from sin, to save us from our rebellion against God, and ultimately to rescue us from death. And the second name, Emmanuel, means God with us. It speaks of the way in which God enacted this rescue mission. He didn't stay in heaven, but he left the splendor of heaven and came to earth to live amongst us, to experience humanity as we do, to see it through our eyes, and then to show us how to live our lives to the fullest. You see, the ultimate step into Christmas was God stepping into our world through Jesus Christ. I began by telling you that my children bring me joy at Christmas time, but the birth of Jesus is to bring joy to the whole world. That's the message of Christmas. God has stepped into our world to save us from sin and death and to show us how to live our lives full of joy and hope and peace. One final thought, if you'll permit me, before the ones with the real talent return to the stage. This evening you've heard of what it would be like to step into some of our Christmases. And while you're all very much invited to come and be a part of us on a Sunday morning or on Christmas morning, you know, at Christmas, on Christmas Day or any time in the new year, you're not all invited to come and open presents with my kids. <laughs> you're not all invited to come and have dinner with me. As much as I would love to, I only have six chairs. I'm sorry. <laughs> but you know, you can invite Jesus to step into your Christmas. Revelation 3.20 says, Look, I stand at the door and knock. If you hear my voice and open the door, I will come in and we will share a meal together as friends. I wonder if this evening maybe we can just take some inspiration from Joseph and allow Jesus to step into our lives. Will you allow God to step into your Christmas this year? The choice is yours. Shall we pray? Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for the gift of your Son at this Christmas time. We thank you that you cared enough about us to step out of heaven into this world and to show us how to live a life filled with hope and joy and peace and that ultimately you died for us to make a way back to yourself. We thank you and praise you for that. In Jesus' name, amen. <laughs>